As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Football Show's Prospects to Pros. Welcome to Prospects Pro, supported by Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. It is rivalry week in NCAA right now in FBS. Really, I think all levels of football is rivalry week. It's Thanksgiving. You get all the fun games. National High School Football State Weekend for some, I think. Uh, at least for Minnesota. Go Edina, who's in the state finals for hmm. the first time in forever. I think the 70s. Uh, so, yeah, congrats to my alma mater making it to the finals. But... Join me to talk about this rivalry, rivalry week and all the prospects involved is not my rival, but my friend, Dane Brugler. How are you doing today, Dane? Hey, happy Thanksgiving, man. And, uh, Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone else, else uh, that's listening. And uh, So I got a question for you. Are you a Christmas before Thanksgiving guy or is it, okay, we have to wait until after Thanksgiving, then we can do the tree, then we can listen to Christmas music. Like, How, how does that work in your household? This isn't nom smoky there are rules it's after okay. thanksgiving it's uh yes it's okay. thanksgiving but then day after like yes. day after day after then it's like boom, boom, all out my my family loves the uh loves christmas like yes my my parents do my dad does his father did i do my wife does so we can't wait we love halloween we love christmas those are kind okay. of like the two big ones what about you are you are you before you you, you tease I, it a little bit i am definitely a before because i love christmas okay. and i'm like you know what instead of just one month Let's do two months of this, uh, and it Don't doesn't it. get old. You know, it's um, we do wait until the day after Christmas or day after Thanksgiving to get our tree because we, you know, we yes. go to the tree lot, uh, cut it down. Uh, you know, do a whole big thing with the kids and the dog and all that. So it, we don't actually get, because we have other trees in the house, uh, artificial trees, but the real tree that we get, mm-hmm. we do the day after, uh, you know, Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. And so, you know, it's always... It's kind of a rivalry weekend tradition is, you know, as we're watching Ohio State, Michigan and uh, the, yeah, Iron Bowl, you know, we're decorating tree, things like that. But day after Thanksgiving or day after Halloween is really when things get in the gear for us over here. So, and the kids, I mean, my kids are, what, they're eight, seven, and then the twins are two, two and a half. So, you know, they're in that range where it's like they eat it up every day. Oh, and there's, there's plenty to to do to keep the Christmas uh, season going for uh, two months rather than one. 
especially that super young age, you know, there's no cynicism to it. (laughs) So it's just like, it's such pure joy in which I think is probably really refreshing. I'm excited to like, you know, my son was born just before Christmas last year, but this feels like his first real one because it's like his, all his personalities out and everything. We have a, had a tradition at Wisconsin actually uh, was once we made a bowl game, Wisconsin made a bowl this year. Thank God. And, but they made a bowl game was once we did bowl practices was during warmups, you play Christmas music. So we'd be listening to Christmas music pre pre practice, and then once music got introduced at practice, that's what everybody does now. It was Christmas music during warmups. That was always a offensive line tradition at Wisconsin. So shout out to those guys. Uh, but also Fridays, the get in the tree was one of my favorite things to do because yes. coaches the coaches schedule uh, with my dad was Fridays the kind of coaches day. You know Thursday is you know even with Thanksgiving they would kind of make it try and make it a half day but Friday was truly a half day so it was like my dad's home at noon mm-hmm. or 1 and then it was like okay and then there we go and we go get the tree so that and then we did the lights but as i got older i hated the lights cuz i used to have to go go i was the one on top of the ladder so anyways <laughs> excited for this excited for this time of the season it's it's great that we got these games then we got the conference championship games after this then we're in the bowl season which is the most wonderful time of the year but let's look at some of these rivalries i mean we got some awesome ones do you want to just start with the big the big kahuna the big yeah. one, the big Might game. Well. We won't keep the people keep uh, won't keep the people waiting on that I, one. It's 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 going to be a fun one. This is if Ohio State couldn't beat Michigan in Columbus with CJ Stroud last year, it's like okay, well, how can they do it this year right. with Kyle McCord and in and being in Ann Arbor? Um, but I don't know. It just feels like Ohio State's trending in the right direction at the right time, especially with Travion Henderson back and. Michigan's only a three and a half point favorite and mm-hmm. you figure they're getting what three points for being the home team. So this is basically a pick em game on a neutral field, according to Vegas. And that, that, that is interesting uh, with the Harbaugh situation that throws another wrinkle into this. So yeah, plenty of layers here. Um, and I, I tell you, there's a ton of prospects in this game since the draft moved to the seven round format. Uh, so 30 years ago, Okay. Only once has this matchup produced 20 or more, which is a lot, 20 yes. or more yeah. <laughs> drafted players the following April. Okay. okay. So this is that. Was, was that the, the, was that the oh, game? No. So the t- t- uh, 2020 draft, there were 20, exactly 20, I believe, total players from Michigan and Ohio State drafted. This year has a good chance to break that um, wow. in terms of players drafted in April. There are... Quite a few, and obviously underclassmen coming in or coming out or staying in school, that'll play a big factor here. You know, guys taking advantage of that extra COVID year could play a factor, but there is at least a chance that we could be talking about as many as, you know, 25 players from this game alone being drafted in April. So, um, yeah, plenty of guys we can hit on here. Uh, yeah. So, uh, well, let's start with the top. Uh, because I think this guy would be at the top of anyone's board. That'd be Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, so, yeah. So, I, I think we have spoken a lot about him. I think anybody he's good. that... He's good. He's very good. Uh, I go. do think that I've settled on my, my comp for <gasps> Have you dropped it yet, or you want to drop it here? We'll talk about it here. Um, <sighs> I think I think he is a leaner version of Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, just the... Because, again, Larry Fitzgerald... Yeah, good size player, but yeah. he's he was a good athlete. But how savvy he was mm-hmm. with the you know at the catch point, uh, the way that he attacks his routes, like that's how that's how Marvin Harrison is. Like he's not just a um, a size speed freak who's going out there and mossing on guys. He is very savvy and precise with how he attacks every route, how he how he attacks coverages, uh, late hands, using his eyes, uh, adjusting to the football. 
he some of these movements that he has out there, it's very similar to what we saw with Larry Fitzgerald. So I he I think he is a Larry Fitzgerald was a big. I mean, he was what two twenty. I mean, he was a yeah, big he was guy. Big, thick one. Yeah, Harrison's more 208, 212, going to be in that range. So he is a leaner version, but I think um, overall impact and just the, the play style, I think, fits Larry Fitzgerald. I, I really like that. I also, I know you just brought up the weight, but how they're built, because they're kind of long torsoed. Right, yeah. Both of them, you know, so maybe that mm -hmm. helps with the footwork so they're not as gangly getting in, even though if they are taller, they're... Yeah. Built more like Michael Phelps <laughs> than, than anything. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I really like that. I could see that, especially now that they put Harrison in the slot a little bit and have him attack vertical a little bit from there. Uh, yeah, I totally get that one. Yeah, he could be uh, catch and run. He can try yeah. the deep ball. I mean, he, there's just nothing on the field that he can't do. And so, yeah. and so look, these these comps are never perfect, you no, know? No, no. And so I, it's just watching Marvin Harrison Jr. over and over and over and yeah. like, hmm, let me just refresh my memory, uh, pull what, up what some he... highlights Larry Fitzgerald and it's like, okay, yeah. Did I you watch Larry it. Fitzgerald at Pitt? Did you watch those highlights? Because that's like one of the greatest <laughs> the, highlight reels of all should've, time. Should have won the Heisman. Uh, <laughs> should have. Jason Over White. Jason come White. On. Oh. Come on. Was that, it that's a six-year still... senior Jason White or fifth year? It was the year before he came back. Oh, that one was a trap. Still irks me. Uh, still irks me. He had like 20 <laughs> touchdowns that year. Yeah. Um, Just dunking, dunking on guys. Yeah. He oh. was, that was That was a lot of fun. That, that was... Yeah. Gosh, 2003. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it feels like That's, forever ago. That does. Right. I know, but that was that was right when I was getting into college football. So like that was and yeah. Larry Fitzgerald's another Minneapolis guy. He went to Holy Angels. So well, and he's he, we all played together. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's that's true. Yeah, because yeah, he was with the yeah. with the, his dad was a uh, in Reporter. the media there. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Uh, yeah. And you know he was drafted by the Cardinals and Marvin yes. Harrison Jr. Could be That's... drafted by the Cardinals, because <laughs> uh, yeah, we're you know as looking at this draft order, it's Cardinals are going to be somewhere probably in that top five, and yeah. we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. They might win another game or two here with Kyler back, but uh, Marvin Harrison Jr.'s right there in that sweet spot for him. Yeah, Larry went number three, I think overall. That was yeah. um, or would he go two? And Robert Gallery went three, maybe. I you know it, that somewhere was around there, but yeah, draft. it was really high. Yeah. It was I know it was the same draft as I think the Mike Williams, I believe, was trying to declare for uh, from USC. Mm -hmm. Remember, he skipped a year, so whatever time period that was. But yeah, okay. I, yeah. Robert Gallery was second. Larry Fitzgerald was third. And so that, that was yep. Eli Manning, Philip Rivers. Um, yes, yes, oh four, yeah. right? Or, yep, or exactly. Yeah. Yes, oh yep, four. Yep, yep. yep. Oh wow, that's a great draft class. That's a oh, fun yeah. one. That was, was that, I mean, how many Hall of Famers are in this? You know, Eli Manning will be a Hall of Famer. Roethlisberger yep. will be a Hall of Famer. Yep. You know, uh, Hopefully Sean Taylor was on a trajectory to be oh, that kind of guy yeah. until we lost him. I mean, yes. Fitzgerald, obviously. Um, Man, yeah, yeah really some good really good players. And uh, trivia question, who was the fourth quarterback drafted in the first round that year? J.P. Lozman. Yeah. Tulane. <laughs> Tulane. Yeah. I remember J.P. Lozman. Yeah. Uh, and I believe the Minnesota Vikings drafted – no, that wasn't – was that Kelechi? Yeah. Uh, Kelechi. Kelechi. Right? Yes. yes. USC Kedechi. defensive end. Yeah. Yes, yes. And then, yes, yeah, he had a little career there. My dad was all about drafting defensive linemen. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was it was all those guys. Kevin Williams ended up working out. But, yeah, that was a lot yeah, of defensive and that was a good, well, Do you know who's taken right after Kenechi? Oh, no, but remind Another me. defensive lineman, Vince Wolfolk. Uh, <sighs> not, not, not a bad player to the no. Patriots at 21, yeah. The one I'm already – the guy I always – 
banged my dad about like how he was DeMarcus Ware was that was the guy oh, I was yeah, like because yeah. that that draft process was like we need this guy he's like well he's a three four we run a four three because that was a huge deal back That's, then oh it was oh That's, that was that... such it was like a no no it was like nope not scheme fit can't do it nope we don't yeah. we don't ask them to do that now today it's like no we just need players well, <laughs> just it's, how it's, make it work <laughs> it was still a thing a couple years ago I mean, yeah. it's a reason why the Cowboys took Taco Charlton instead of T.J. Watt but oh man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, well the Vikings that was Troy Williamson right. Yeah, they took him in the, and the then, top ten uh, that year, and then the uh, DN from Wisconsin. Uh, I'm blanking. Oh, Erasmus, Erasmus James. Yeah. Thank you, Erasmus James. Oh God, uh, yeah, uh, memories. <laughs> uh, but yeah, <laughs> go back. It's. <laughs> I think it turned out like Pro Football Reference, like with their like approximate value stat. That was like one of the worst draft classes ever. Like, uh, uh, which uh, oh, yeah. Wow. So woo! Shout out, shout out to 2005 <laughs> Vikings draft class. Uh, but anyways, go back to so maybe some good draft classes. Ohio State here. Um, the other other Ohio State receiver, uh, Emeka Abuka. Is yes. has been come back from injury and looks like he's coming back. Like it's uh, he looked a little bit better, I thought this last week. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, you know he still is, I think, twentieth on your top and your big board, your latest big he board. He was, or, yeah. Yeah, yes. and it'll be interesting though because there's so many receivers in this class that yeah, Ibuka. I mean, he could be squeezed. You know, if it's a flavor thing. It, 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 right. If you tell me that he's a second round pick in April, I, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. uh, just because of some of these other receivers that are in the mix that are have some type of distinguishing trait that a team would could latch onto. Where Buka is more of just a subtle, well rounded, all around guy, and you know it's. There, there might not be as – I mean, I think a lot of teams would love to have them, yeah. but with a first-round price tag, not everyone's going to be on board with that, especially in the top 25. But this is the type of game that could maybe, okay, yeah, let's. this is a little reminder how good this guy is. Uh, but I don't think he has a 100-yard game yet this year. Um, obviously, that knee injury has been an issue. Mm-hmm. But you know, go back to the Notre Dame tape. You know, We saw how important Nick is to this offense. I, it is interesting. So for the Athletic um, today, today – we're releasing this on Wednesday. Um, there is a, uh, I came out with an article where I ranked the top 30 prospects in this game. And because <laughs> there's, again, there's so many of these guys. The big game, and, big and, board. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, the game, big board. Uh, and, and I double checked with a couple of scouts to say, Hey, like, I mean, these all 30 guys, like they, they have a chance to get drafted. Right. And every, every scout was like, yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, you know, after like the top, 18, 19, it's like, eh, borderline, but they at least have a realistic right. shot of hearing their name called. Uh, but obviously, number one, Marvin Harrison Jr., there's you know no debate there. And then, but two, three, four, five, that's where it gets a little interesting mm-hmm. about, okay, where does the first Michigan player come off the board? Is it the quarterback? And the, the Ohio State guys, because I think after Marvin Harrison Jr., there's not a slam dunk top 25 guy among these Buckeyes, but there's a whole handful of them that are oh you know i could see him going late first round or sneaking into yeah into those 20 interesting day two guys too yeah right yeah well but and guys that play key positions that could get pushed up you know talking about ibuka talking about jt to amalo talking about denzel burke um love tyleek williams uh you know so it's uh it's an interesting group to to kind of rank those guys but uh yeah, Ibuka, uh, hopefully he's... I think the big thing for this game is you just want to see everybody healthy. And that's a big thing for 
uh, both these squads because you know Michigan last week, Roman Wilson uh, got knocked out early. Mm-hmm. Felt like it was more of a precaution for him. Um, their offensive line was banged up, but sounds like they're going to be close to full strength. And then for Ohio State, um, I mean, first for getting Travion Henderson back and seeing him mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. last few weeks has been tremendous. Uh, but also, uh, you know, Denzel Burke uh, missed some missed some time. Ibuka missed some time. Uh, you know, a lot of these Ohio State players. Michael Hall missed the game against. I believe it was Minnesota this past weekend. So, you know, getting these guys healthy and staying on the field, Tommy Eichenberg, another one. I just want to see these guys at full strength. You know, I'm yeah. going to see good versus good. And it sounds like we might get that with these, uh, w- w- with the the way that's trending for this matchup. Yeah, good versus good is exactly the best way to put it, especially obviously these teams are highly ranked. We know they are blue blood programs, they are at top of the board of everything. Uh, so yeah. it makes sense as good on good. Uh, the Denzel Burke, I'm very excited to watch because I believe Roman Wilson will be playing. Yes. Uh, for Michigan, so uh, maybe a little matchup there where you're talking about good on good, and uh, the, sure. the, the, yeah. Uh, also, it's kind of a a guard watch. Uh, mm. Also, obviously, Michigan has their guys, Zach Zinter, uh, amongst others, but then Ohio State with Donovan Jackson, who has traits, but has kind of been up and down this year. So it's kind of all these guys that Cade Stover, tight end, the tight end that we were interested in. Um, just so many guys on both sides. That's kind of like they could cement, they could really leapfrog other players at their positions because it's it's interesting it's talent but not solidified talent i guess is a good way to put it yeah and this game is obviously all eyes are on this game it's always yeah. the highest ratings every year and um you know it's it, it shouldn't necessarily inflate at someone's draft stock but you know it does because it sticks with you because yeah. the, the guys that play big and big games that matters to scouts and so you know if, if marvin harrison jr goes off uh, he's going to Heisman for a ceremony. I don't think he'll win it, but he's going to New York. That's going to happen. Um, you know, everything's kind of built on this game. And for some of these, yeah, it could affect the pecking order. Uh, you know, I think of uh, like the Michigan running backs. They, they oh, have yeah. not, they're not having this huge season like they did last year. But, you know, Blake Corum's over, he's already over 20 rushing touchdowns. Uh, he leads the nation. And, and so, you know, he it's no mystery what the bread and butter of this offense is. Travion Henderson, I mentioned it before, but I seeing him, watching him against Wisconsin and Michigan yeah. State and Minnesota, you know, three teams that don't have great defenses, but respectable defenses. Uh, no disrespect to your Badgers. That's okay. uh, but I, I mean, they are at least they're not pushovers, you know, and so to see Travion Henderson and how different this offense looks with him out there, his balance with his feet, uh, the home run speed. I mean, he is any given time he touches the ball he can take it the distance he has that type of ability and if he were healthy I think he'd be the clear-cut running back one in this class it's just the last two years he's struggled to stay healthy but this could be one of another one of those games where mm-hmm. it's if he takes it over it's like hey yeah I, I, I've been banged up here and there but I still have this type of talent and I, you put me on your NFL team and you know we can make fireworks happen so very eager to see these running backs with Donovan, Donovan Edwards who you know, it played such a big impact in last year's game against Ohio State. Had mm-hmm. those big explosive runs this year. He has only two carries of twenty plus yards. So the explosive plays haven't been there. He's averaging under three point five yards per carry. You know, I mentioned Blake Corum not having that Heisman type of year like he did last year, even though he does lead the nation in rushing touchdowns. So I'm eager to see these. these oh shucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but still eager to see these running backs and see what they look yeah. like. Um, and then you mentioned Roman Wilson. I, yeah. 
my top senior receiver is Malachi Corley, Western Kentucky receiver. Yeah. My number two senior receiver prospect in this class is Roman Wilson. Um, okay. So any chance we do get to see that Roman Wilson versus Burke matchup, uh, it, it'll be a, a scouting treat. And, you know, it's it, he, he's Roman Wilson doesn't have size. He's 5'10 and a half, under 190 pounds, but it's all about speed with him. You know, yeah. watch for those shallow crossers. Watch for the, the runway routes, the catch-and-go routes that give him a chance to really create. I, I think that's what anytime they have a chance to uh, maybe move around the coverage, get him schemed up in the slot, get him against a safety. That's where they're going to try and hit it. And that kind of brings me to J.J. McCarthy because that's kind of the maybe the most polarizing player in this yeah. uh, in this game. Coming off a probably a shakiest performance of the year against Maryland. Uh, he was right at 50% completions, zero touchdowns, one interception. I mean, he was... He was rusty after not throwing the ball at all against uh, Penn State. Uh, again, this is not a case of not trusting him. It's you know just how this offense operates, but he did not yeah. play well against Maryland. And so how does he rebound in this game? Because they're going to need him. Ohio State's run defense is very good. It's not going to be a case where Ohio- Michigan's just going to be a run all over Ohio State's defense. They'll have some success, I have no doubt. But at some point, McCarthy's going to have to make plays with his arm uh, and, and probably his legs. And so how does he respond in this game, uh, which could be his final game at uh, in Ann Arbor uh, if he decides to come out? So this is this is a big one for J.J. McCarthy. A lot of eyes, uh, NFL and around the country, will be on McCarthy and how he responds. Yeah, that, that when you have equal level town or near it, not a lot of these teams face that this in, in, during the season. You know, they might face, yes, conference play, but it's like, all right, how many are actually at this level? So you want to see the guys that are the difference makers in these games. Right. And I think seeing McCarthy create a little bit in this game and maybe a couple of those tight window throws on the outside or something where he's pushing the ball and really throwing a rhythm and stuff. It's like, if he just has a couple of those, that's going to really, to me, even to me, just do a lot. Just like, as, mm-hmm. I want to see that this type of setting where it's like, Hey, he's really making a tough third down throw on third and long or creating and doing something off script. Cause he's going to have to, <laughs> it's oh, like, yeah. they're not, they're not going to, it's not going to be all perfect throughout this game, especially, you know, just how, how talented Ohio state is. So no, I think, I think I'm obviously the eyes are going to be on him. Really just everybody. <laughs> it's right. great because it's all three levels. I think you, you met, you mentioned Eichenberg, like even though this mm-hmm. is a weaker linebacker class, there's actually, okay. A couple guys that you can look at on both sides there. It's like just all the positions. It's kind of nice. Yeah. yeah if, if Tommy Eichenberg starting in the NFL at this time next year, I would not be surprised. Uh, yeah. You know, he's, He's not a proven uh, playmaker in coverage, but in terms of key read flow, he's there. He's got some range to him. Yeah, he he has physicality, so he can bang at the offense with the offensive line. You know, he there's a lot to like about him, and so somewhere on day two, I think Eichenberg will be uh, you know come off the board and be a a guy that's going to be at least pushing for a starting job whenever he goes to NFL training camp. I'm, you know, I think McCarthy has the most to gain in this matchup. I, the second guy on that list in terms of most to gain, I think is JT Tumalo. I mean, oh, he yeah. is, if, if Ohio State can get a pass rush with the front four, they've got a legit chance to win this game, uh, but they've got to heat up the pocket. And I, I'm not, you know, with, with uh, JT, he's a guy that is not pure speed. He's, he's a good athlete, but he wins with... Power in his hands, le- a very leveraged attack. He mixes up what he's what he's showing the blockers, and that's all well and good. This is a good example of when you evaluate him liking the process. Like you, you like what he's doing with the way. Okay, violence in his hands. Okay, the way he's choosing to break down the rhythm of blockers. 
but the pro the, well, the process is good. The results have not been there necessarily in terms of consistent pressures. Um, you know, getting those finishing those sacks. You know, he did it a few times against Olu Fashanu in the Penn State game. Mm-hmm. He's done it other times this year. Uh, and, and you know, it sounds like um. I'm ripping him. I'm not. He, but we're talking about him as a potential first-round pick, and you want right. to see just more consistency with that process, leading to pressures and disruption in the backfield. So, if he's able to do that this game, where he's getting six, seven pressures mm-hmm. and affecting what Michigan wants to do, that's something that will really help him when teams are building the board and saying, "Okay, pass rushers, we need them. Let's let's see who we got here." Remember that Michigan game, JTT, what he right. did, the way he uh, you know, line. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. heated up the pocket. And, and and that's the other thing, too. In this Michigan offensive line, you know, they won the Joe Moore Award the last two years. This year, they brought in a lot of transfers. Yeah. It has not been as good. They lost some guys on that offensive line, and the guys they brought in have been solid. I mean, Drake Nugent at center is a, a very solid mm-hmm. center. Uh, from Stanford, I was curious what you thought about him. Uh, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he's fine. You know, yeah, that's and what, I, that's, I think he's a good college player, and you know, he's got a chance to get drafted. But yep, it's, that's kind of how it's. Yeah, <laughs> so I see it the same way. <laughs> but these, even Zinter, I think is coming into the year. You thought, okay, maybe he could be a top fifty guy, top sixty yep. guy. I think he's yep. more of that third round. Like he has a chance to be a starter, solid all around player, not great in any one area. I think. Um, yeah, Trevor Keegan, the left guard, same type of deal. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you see you've seen him get better year after year after year at Michigan. There's just nothing exceptional about his game. Uh, but at the end of the day, he gets the job done more times than not. Ladarius Henderson, transfer from Arizona State. You like the size. He's got huge arms. I mean, his, his arms are 35 and a half inches. His hands are almost eleven inches. You love the size. But uh, you know, it, consistency has not been there for him as a as a left tackle. So this Michigan offensive line has not been the same offensive line we've seen the last two years in terms of overall talent. There's a lot of collective talent, mm-hmm. uh, guys that could be day three picks, but as a as a unit, it's just, it, it, I don't know, it has not been to the level we've come to expect from Michigan the last two years. So again, I, this is the long way of saying that Ohio State pass rush with the front four, Tyleek Williams, Michael Hall, uh, Jack Sawyer, uh, and, and JT, if they can heat up the pocket and yep. really dictate things that that's going to play a big factor in who wins this game yeah and that's a, a, a it's a huge mark for those Ohio State defense alignment too though combining no that like because it's just like it's enough like valid talent that that's why it's a fun test even like you're saying it's mm-hmm. more day three guys but even for the Ohio State guys it's like okay but they passed that test the combining it so defense alignment in Michigan any thoughts on Chris Jenkins Jr. That would, that would be my last guy kind of to bring up of the 30, I think, guys that we've covered already. <laughs> I think we're I think we're nailing your whole big board here, which is great. Yeah, that's how long well, this game is. <laughs> yeah, you, you still got to check out the article to see exactly how I, I ranked them. But, uh, yeah, we, we know the player. I mean, Chris Jenkins, there's a lot of hype coming in, obviously. Yeah. You know, his dad and his NFL career and he There's some name name recognitions yeah, no going doubt. on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Flash last year. This year he's just they, they're asking him to be a role player. Like he he's averaging twenty five snaps a game, you know. Like he's not he has not been that defensive game record that I think we were th- thinking maybe he could grow into this year. But you still see the budding skill set, and so it's yeah. like okay, you know, he's not dominating, he's not necessarily taking games over, but when he's on the field, he plays well. So uh, you know, he is he's a guy scouts still like, even though this year hasn't been maybe that breakthrough that we thought. One other guy I did want to mention too is Mike Sandrastill or Mikey Sandrastill. Uh, looks like Mike, but it's Mikey, uh, the nickel corner from Michigan. 
five yeah. nine, 185 pounds. This guy's going to go overlooked, overlooked, uh, just because he just doesn't have the size that you want. He makes plays every single game. I had two picks this past weekend against Maryland. Uh, he was he made a big impact last year in the game. Uh, I think you know covering Cade Stover and making plays in the run game. He has the talent to be a really impactful nickel corner at the next level. So. Somewhere on day two, I think a smart team's going to snatch him up, even though, again, the size says, you know, pass, wait, you know, don't don't draft this guy early. Someone in the top 100 is going to take him, and they will not regret it. Oh, that position's becoming so important. I mean, so many oh, guys no are doubt. standing out. There's so many. I'm, I think I'm writing about it pretty soon. I don't want to give it away, but, yeah, looking at some young slot players that are proliferated throughout the NFL, and it's probably because there's a lot of good ones in college. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. it's good. So, I mean, that that's the type of game this is, though. I'm like, just excited to just to watch both sides of the ball. No matter what, there's something interesting to watch if you're watching – Interior play, out uh, exterior play, that exterior play, whoever calls that receiver and DB play, I should say. Um, right. Talking about even quarterbacks, interesting quarterbacks, good or bad, depending if you're a Michigan or Ohio State fan and how how you feel about your quarterback situation right now. Uh, but also, yeah, just talent everywhere. Uh, I think that's the type of matchup this is. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you want to move on to what has been historically been a very talented matchup, but one side kind of overloads it than the other. I don't know which one you want to talk about here, but Alabama-Auburn, the Iron Mm. Bowl. I was just going to go here. I feel like this could be a nice quick hitter because it's mostly on the Alabama side, but could I just maybe start you as, are are there any Auburn players that you're interested in? Because I I know the Alabama guys kind of get the headlines, so anyone for the Tigers that you like? Yeah, and there, there are a few. I mean, it really starts in the secondary. Um, they've, they've got a whole group of guys that are that are interesting. Um, you know, starting with uh, at, at corner with DJ James, uh, uh, Nehemiah Pritchett. Um, you know, both these guys are draftable corners. And then at safety, uh, Jalen Simpson. He has he, he made a big splash this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was a former kind of do everything guy in high school. Like you know, played everywhere. Uh, best player on the team type of deal. Goes to Auburn and. It's it's taken some time, you know. He's in his fifth year now. It feels like it started, you know, the light bulb's really illuminating for him, and he's just making play after play after play. Um, even in the games, um, you know, like the Georgia game, you know, where I, you could argue no one as 
and this is an Auburn team, mind you, that just lost to New Mexico State this weekend. No, you could argue that nobody's played Georgia tougher this year than than Auburn. Um, and you know, a big part of that was Simpson and the way he's been playing in the back end. So you know, he is a he's a guy that I think we should see probably at the Senior Bowl um, and you know have a chance to to help himself there. But he's coming into the year, he was an afterthought. You know, PFA uh, maybe a chance uh, to get signed. But this year he's saying, okay, I'm a draft pick, and he's played like one. So um, th- those three guys in the secondary really stand out. Um, I, I, don't, I was kind I, of I grasping at straws for other ones too. So I, I, Yeah, I mean, I'm looking through like my notes, and you know, none of these guys, like Peyton Thorne, the transfer from Michigan State, is yeah. you know, not a draftable guy. Justin Rogers on the defensive line. They've got a few defensive linemen that are interesting that I think uh, you know, have a chance because they've got size. You know, they, they're just big boys, and you know, if they – test the right way they've, they've got a chance to get drafted but uh yeah it's uh this is not the auburn team that you know we think has a chance to upset alabama with the especially the way alabama's been playing lately uh just yeah completely different team than the what we saw against texas and south florida and yeah um yeah things are clicking for them at the right time yeah and that, that's because they they got good players and the players are playing well uh, we, uh i would say maybe is the highest bama player J.C. Latham tackle on your big board, or is it Dallas Turner or Kool Aid? It's, 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 yeah, between, got... it's between those two, Dallas Turner and uh, J.C. Latham for me. Okay. I, you okay. know, I think that you could make a case. Uh, they're both blue chip guys. Yeah. Um, Latham, strongest guy in the draft, maybe. Uh, he's in the conversation. He's, um, he's up there. Yeah, yeah. His play strength's outstanding, um, yeah. and he's not a slug. I mean, he can move, nope. and so. I really um, like him. I mean, yeah. I think, yeah, I think, I, I think top he 10 is, pick. <laughs> he, very, he very well has a chance. I mean, you know, I think we feel good about the first two guys uh, at the position with, uh, yeah. you know, Olu and uh, with uh, Joe Alt yeah. in whatever order you want them. Cause I, I, I do think there's a, there's a conversation to be had there about uh, who's OT one and who's OT two. But yeah, I feel pretty good about who our OT three is at this point uh, with, with JC Latham. And then on the other side, Dallas Turner, for a guy that doesn't look very big, you know, he plays big and it's against a run, it's against a pass, and he's still figuring things out. He's such a freak that, uh, you know, I'll bet on these this freaky talent yeah. in, you know, getting better and better and better. And this is a guy that character wise, you know, scouts come away really impressed with just the way he attacks the game, his intensity, the way he wants to get better. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a, a guy that you worry about wasted talent and not living up to potential. Uh, you feel good that, where he is now is a good player, but his ceiling uh, is really intriguing. And you feel good about him getting there because of the way uh, that football character that I'm talking about. And so, you know, a lot of glowing reports from scouts on, uh, you know, when they you know leave campus about Dallas Turner. So, you know, I think those two guys are the top guys. And then that's when, you know, Kool-Aid and I'm a big fan of Terry and Arnold. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's some other Alabama players that I – you know, are in that mix to be uh, early round picks. So this is this is more of what we, you know, I said Auburn is a little lacking maybe. Alabama's right on par with producing the draft picks that uh, they usually do every year in the early rounds. Yeah, I, I what you're saying about Turner is like his traits are the ones that I, I, I can get betting on. <laughs> and because right. it's, it's that combo, like you want to bet on competitiveness because just NFL's a grind. You want these guys that come in every day. That's why Bama seems to get a lot of these guys that just <laughs> love football. It's not it's not a mistake <laughs> whatsoever. That's uh, it. Yeah. So, it, yeah. It, and it's, it's a reflection of Saban and you know, what he oh, demands out of the these way. guys. Right. So it's, you know, once in a while you have a few knuckleheads, but yeah. for the most part, it's, and that's at every program, but, you know, Saban does a nice job of, and that, that's what he's known for is, you 
you know, making sure his guys are hungry. And a yeah. lot of these guys, all these guys we've been talking about, they kind of fit the bill. They knew what to expect when they went to Alabama, and it's Latham it, was like a top recruit, I believe. Like, oh yeah, know, he I, was. I, mean, I know not even just for Alabama, but like for just period, like like yeah. Like, and he was a Wisconsin. He grew up in Wisconsin, actually. Yeah. He was one of those things where I just want to play the best, and so he goes to IMG. And I believe he was there when Evan Neal was there. And, you know, so there was a connection there. And um, I, I know a lot of people thought maybe Wisconsin, maybe Ohio State. And then I think that just that Alabama connection drew him to Tuscaloosa. But, um, you know, I, yeah, all these guys were top recruit. Dallas Turner was yeah, top was, recruit. Yeah. Uh, Cooley McKinstry was, I believe, the top corner that year uh, coming yes, out. And right. so, yeah, these guys are big recruits. And so far, they've lived up to it. And, you know, they these are all first-round picks. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like all three of them. Those guys are all all fun players. Going to from Eastern time zone, let's go all the way to the Pacific time zone. Let's go to the Civil War. Uh, how do you like that? We're going cross country. We're at Kirk Herb Street's flights on every weekend. <laughs> we just go from <laughs> the Thursday night to the Friday night to the bring, Saturday. Bring the dog a- along. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Have to put him on the sideline. <laughs> the Oregon's firing, man. They're they're just on fire. They, yeah, uh, they are. They're two two touchdown favorites in this game, and Oregon State's ranked what like eleventh or something. Yeah. I mean they're 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 ranked pretty high. They they had a chance to knock off Washington uh, at home this past week, and they almost got it done. They were outplaying um, them for most of the game. They were, uh, they were. Yeah. And, you know, you feel like if they just maybe were a little bit better in a few areas, they get it yep. done. But uh, they didn't, and so Washington's still in the driver's seat in that conference, and it's it's just a collision course for the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, Oregon, Washington, and you know how that's yep. going to play out. The winner, if Oregon wins, then things get interesting in terms of the college football playoff, and you know because there won't be any undefeated team from the Pac-12. And how do you know? We'll, we'll talk about good, Florida State really here in a little conference. bit. Yeah, exactly. You know, with yeah. what happens with Florida State now. I mean, there, there's a lot of ramifications of that Pac-12 championship game, but. First, they got to get past Oregon State. Uh, you know, I think, you know, Bo Nix, I, I get why he's being talked about as one of the Heisman favorites. The stats look great. Um, you know, I, it, they, they have done such a good job from a coaching standpoint to put him in positions to succeed. Like, oh, Bo yeah. Nix, I, I, I give him credit. He knows exactly where to go with the football. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's part of that's coaching, but part of it is uh, just. Uh, uh, he, he, the coaching, the play calling, what they're doing, what they're dialing up at the right time, and the receivers. Uh, that's a big part of this too. So um, I, I'm a big fan of the that offense as a whole. And a guy like Troy Franklin, for example, wide oh, receiver, God. explosive, explosive, yeah. explosive. And you know he's at probably at his best vertically, but he's not just that. Um, you know, this Oregon State team is just going to have a tough time if He's this turns so into a track meet. And yeah, it, it seems like it might. It, it, Oregon State's got some speed too. Uh, you Oregon know, State has your, the highest graded guy on your big board in this game. Technically, they do. Technically, they do. They do. So it's Flaga, not the slouches. right tackle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he was a little up and down against Washington in that pass board, rush. So. But yeah, he's. Yeah. He, he's any conversation about the best run blocker in the country. Oh, yeah. he's he's part of that conversation. So uh, there's some sticky things in pass protection, but run blocking, he is near the top of the list. But and, and you know they've got a few explosive guys. You know we'll see. You know DJU, we'll see what he can do. Uh, is this his final college game? Will you know will he come back for another season? Will he play in the bowl game? Those that yeah. type of questions. So we're getting that t- point in the calendar where a lot of these guys could be playing in their final game. So things yeah. are, things will get really interesting. Yeah, Franklin is definitely, I, I think, playing 
<laughs> some of his final games at Oregon. He's, well, yeah. he's we talked about earlier with the Ibuka. Like he, Franklin's another one of those guys that you know you could see yes. why a team might prefer Franklin and that that big play explosiveness over Ibuka. You know, it just it's just a matter yes. of the the type of receiver you want and w- yeah. you know what you're looking for. So yeah, he's th- there's a lot to like about Franklin, and I mean he's been so productive. I think he's up to 13 touchdowns now, receiving touchdowns. Um, now and credit to Bo Nix again. I, yeah. I, I don't think he's going to have, I don't think he's a first round pick myself. Um, all either. it takes is one team. All it takes is one team to say, Hey, right. you know, we got to need a quarterback and we think yep. he's got our, our best shot. Um, I get why someone could get there in their mind, but I just don't, I, I think he's going to have a tough time replicating anything close to this type of production in the NFL, mm-hmm. but I still, you know, I still like him. I, he'd be a day two pick. Um, yep. You know, he's got an NFL future ahead of him. I give him a lot of credit for the way he's grown since the Auburn days. But yeah, if he puts up big numbers in this game and then against Washington in the Pac-12 championship game, he's he, he it's going to be tough for, you know, anybody to knock him off that, that Heisman list. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Nick's kind of just, he's one of, feels like a dozen quarterbacks for me. That's this glut of round three-ish guys that mm. I kind of maybe a half tier above or half tier below that I kind of look at, like you said, a day two guy. And, but like you said, his growth and it's something you look at at every position, but especially quarterback, you're getting better every year. Yes. It helps when you're there for longer, you know, some like a guy, look at Drake may, he's a retro sophomore, you know right. what I mean? Like right. two years starting, he's popping out, but this in a guy like Nick's, it's like, okay, he's got a lot of reps, but he did improve. And I do think that yes. his accuracy has gotten a little better because his footwork has gotten his footwork's gotten so much calmer than his first year, as as obviously as a freshman, but he was just running around and stuff. But like you said, it's a lot of, a lot of screens, a lot of seam balls. That's uh, it. like yeah, it's yeah, they, it, it, the he has the lowest or it's like the third fastest time to throw in, in college football. I mean he the yeah. ball is out and out. gone. Yes. Like his his average depth of target is below seven yards. So it's yep. now they, they take their shots, but it's also a lot of dink and dunk and get the first read. Like he's not, he doesn't the have to read out the, the screens. defense. They're, they're off the dink yeah. and dunk. They're the, the pump. Right. Plays right. That, that they're so out. Yeah. He's, but he's he does not it well. Cons- he, no, he yeah. does. Exactly. I, like I said, I think this, I give a lot of credit to this, this staff and, and Dan yeah. Lanning um, yep. and the offensive staff that totally they put agree. together this, this game plan, especially when they lost their offensive coordinator this past off season. Um, my biggest issue with Nick's is just he plays he, he gets in trouble when he plays loose. Even yeah. some of these screens, he's forcing the receivers to dig it out, uh, or the running backs to dig it off the ground. Uh and when his and we saw this on the Washington tape, when his eyes speed up on him, that's where the mistakes happen. That's where he's uh where trying to get back. the ball out. And yeah, and so <laughs> I think that with him scrambling is a big part of his success. That's something that is a, in the plus category. Um, again, he understands where to go with the football, mm-hmm. but when his technique gets loose, when his eyes speed up on him, that's where I, I get a little iffy about him being able to replicate anything close to this at the NFL level. Yep. Um, when he's going to be asked to read out the defense more and, and do some more things on his plate, not just what he's been asked to do with that Oregon offense. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you with him. I, you know how many times yeah. he's been sacked the last two years, by the way? Oh, uh, how many? 11. I mean, if okay. you think about how many dropbacks he takes, he, he's been yeah. He's been pressured on it's like 12% of his dropbacks. Like he's just and again, part of that's the quick throws, yeah, but yeah. part of it is a really good offensive line yeah, and yeah. you know, it's he wants the ball out. And so it that that adds an extra wrinkle to his evaluation. It's like, okay, yeah. how do you evaluate him under pressure when he just doesn't see it all that much and he's not accustomed to it and that, How that does he is, handle a seven-step drop where he has to go one right. to two with a tight pocket like that? You, you don't 
you don't know because you don't see it. Like, yeah. you, you and, don't. and to your to your point, he's played a lot of football. He he yes. passed Colt McCoy. He passed Kellen Moore in terms of the most quarterback starts in college football history. But in this offense, when he's having this much success, things are a little easier for him than maybe what yep. some other quarterbacks are asking, yep. and especially what he'll be asked to do next year in the NFL. Got some of uh. Oh my God! Why did I just blink on his name? Got some Case Keenum to him, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, just how that kind of like Keenum's career went. Um, but no, I also want to mention DJU because I'm watching him last couple of weeks. He another guy where his footwork has gotten better. He was so elongated. Yeah, he had the left which motion motion bringing it down, and even that's tightened up a little bit. So I I hope he comes back because it's like okay, you're some stuff's happening with him, which is like all right, you're not like told. I mean, how his Clemson film looked, it was like he wasn't even a prospect anymore. But right. it's just, but now it's like, it's really like, there's some, there's something there. So I'm really interested in see how he keeps progressing. This is a great test for him. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited for this matchup. Oregon State, low key, used to be my, uh, one of my more favorite college teams because when we used to play NCAA 03 or 04, the video game, we couldn't play ranked teams, me and my friends. Mm. And Oregon State was like, I found out it was pretty high up there, but they weren't top 25 in the video game. They also Who was like the re- best player on that team? So like, well, it was uh, Steven, uh, Steven uh, Jackson, Steven Jackson, Derek okay. Anderson. And yeah. then they had a receiver uh, that had 99 speed, Newsom, I believe. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So Oregon State was my team. Turned out their offense coordinator was Paul Christ, who ended up becoming yeah. that Mike <laughs> Riley system. Mike or? Riley, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's when they all came back from uh, the Chargers and stuff. So uh, wow. I know. So, yeah, that. Oregon State had a, like a weird, and Derek Anderson was my. Uh, I, I didn't mean to make this Nate story time, but Derek Anderson was my camp counselor at the Manning camp one year, and he was great. Uh, and so it's just like this weird connection I have for the Oregon State for some reason. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll never forget that 07 season with the Browns for Derek Anderson. That was Pro Bowl. Uh, yeah, that was that was that was uh, a team that. Brady Quinn, they drafted Brady Quinn. Like Brady Quinn was going to be the guy that Derek Anderson comes through and has this uh, this uh, magical season for that oh. team. So, yeah. How many pass attempts do you think Brady Quinn threw in his college career or uh, NFL career? NFL career? Uh, I, I, I had I looked it up the other day, just not not him specifically, but then I saw what his numbers were. I mean, under 1,000? Yeah, way under 1,000. Yeah. 550. Jeez. 550 pass. I know. It startled me. That's surprising. I, I was looking something up, and then I was like, I was like he didn't make the threshold because I was thinking of him. And I was like, well, how many did he throw in his five? Yeah, yeah. So, wow. uh, yeah. that's. I mean, a former first round pick that I don't. I don't want to say he didn't get a chance because he did, and he it was, the results were very average. Oh, I'll never forget that draft. That was the draft. That was Phil Savage, GM of the Browns. That was supposed to. That was Joe Thomas right. with the first, with like the number three overall pick, mm-hmm. and then Brady Brady Quinn with pick twenty or whatever, and. That was supposed to be the the start of the that new, the, you know, because the Browns were so bad before that, and um, they had a little bit of hope with uh, Kelly Holcomb at quarterback, and then Butch Davis as head coach, and then yeah, the Brady Quinn, Joe Thomas first round was supposed to be it. That was supposed to be that the ch- t- turning of the page, and just never never came to fruition, unfortunately, for that franchise. But uh, they're Holcomb. doing okay now, as long as you got Miles Garrett and a defense like that. So uh, yeah. yeah. One of those, one of those first round picks. Some of them are working out. Yeah, Miles Garrett <laughs> right, probably going to be a defensive player to year, or at least a favorite right now. So it he's got to be. He's got to be. Maker, he's, man. He's incredible. He's, oh my god, that whole defense is so much fun. That I, I rewatched that Steelers game uh, already because it was just like, oh, uh, it, it, the even just stat wise, they're just like they're an all time defense right now. At least in modern times, it's like they're they're top three, top four, top five, and like everything top two and some things it's yeah they're yeah we're gonna be talking about this Browns defense <laughs> uh, biggest biggest offseason acquisition this year uh 
Jim Schwartz got to be defensive coordinator. Me. I mean, All, I, they nailed it. Like they, they got Zadarius Smith. They got uh, uh, Okoronkwo. Uh, yeah. which was like one of my favorite like DPR types. Like, I mean, all these mm-hmm. guys, Mo Hurst, like, I mean, they just crushed it. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson. I know it, it's a, uh, it's really fun watching that transformation, but yeah, I know. <laughs> now I'm like really like think of the NFL notes I got, got for this week, but going on same with same with uh, college football. So would you want to go with Florida, Florida state? Cause I, Jordan Travis mm. got injured. Yeah. Uh, and we're talking Hate about court. That. Yeah, we're talking about kind of this middle-round quarterback grouping, and, and Travis was one of those guys, another one that was having a nice season. But, um, yeah, has a – I have not seen the injury. You said it was not worth seeking out, was I believe no. what, you, what yeah. you told me, was to not seek it out. So I will not seek it out. But um, this game, who you keep an eye on now that Travis is hurt or what else do you want to comment on with Florida State right now? Because it's kind of – that stinks uh, for this team. Yeah, because obviously this is an undefeated team. They've got national championship aspirations, and they still have a chance. You don't want to completely rule them out. Now, I don't know that can this be a Cardell Jones type of, uh, you know, JT Barrett goes down, Cardell Jones comes in, lights up your Badgers in the Big Ten championship game, oh and then rolls through the playoffs. I mean, I that I that lost is... so many bets. The Falcons <laughs> had, had so many people with Ohio State backgrounds at the time I was there. Oh, yeah. I lost so many bets because I was like, oh, my God, they got their backup quarterback in. Are you guys yeah. kidding me? You guys are giving me points. Oh hell yeah! Oh, over. And I was just getting, and I'm with them all. And he's just getting slaughtered. But yes, go on. Uh, Sorry about that. That, that was just Cardell putting oh, up over bombs, the top, corners and posts, and just yeah. over and over. Didn't read a thing. <laughs> Didn't have to. Yeah. Didn't I mean, relying on the speed on the outside and it's just great. yeah. Oh, that was, that was a fun Ohio State team. Um, it was. But yeah, no, I think that. Uh, both these teams, Florida and Florida State, not having their quarterbacks. Graham Mertz, uh, you know, he, he's banged up. He's hurt. Um, and so this matchup is just a little bit different than what we yeah. thought it would be two weeks ago. And with Florida State, they have Louisville waiting for them in the ACC championship game, which is not a pushover game, um, you know, regardless of who else. You know, Florida State's really talented. It's not – this wasn't a quarterback-led uh, team in terms of just – you know, propping up a, a bunch of weak spots across the roster. I mean, he, he was he was a big part of what they're doing. Don't get me wrong, but when you got Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman and uh, Trey Benson at running back and a, a few really good players on defense led by Jared Verse, um, yeah, this is a team that is really talented. So they definitely have a chance to beat Florida and then beat Louisville, and then they're if they're undefeated. Uh, even without their quarterback, they're, they're, they're shooing for the playoff, have to be. Right. But, you know, it's, it is it, it is a case of, you know, with this quarterback, um, I, for Jordan Travis, the injury itself I don't think is necessarily going to hurt him in terms of his draft standing, but it's going to be a mi- big missed opportunity because all of a sudden, okay, no senior bowl, no shrine bowl, no combine, no private workouts for teams for the, and this, I'm just, this is me assuming as bad as an right. injury was, he's not going to be ready before April to do any type of workouts for teams. Now he can interview and, you know, they can get a good sense for him um, as a person and his intellect and the way he sees the game. There's still a chance for him to help himself throughout the process, but it is going to be a big missed opportunity for him, unfortunately. Right. And that you hate that for him, just the way things ended with what looked like a, a really encouraging season. So, um, but for the rest of that offense, um, you know, they, they still have explosiveness, explosive guys all over the field and guys that we drafted fairly high. Um, Florida's got some guys on defense. So this, this is still a, a, wor- a matchup worth watching. Um, mm-hmm. Florida State, 
I think it's going to win this game, but it's still something where uh, it's not going to be they can just show up and play. And this is this is something where we got to see their uh, their explosive guys show up and be explosive. And so we'll see Keon Coleman can do that. Trey Benson can do that. Um, you know, it'll definitely be a game worth watching. Yeah, no, the, uh, the Keon Coleman like stuff is just like his interviews coming out. It's pretty goofy, huh? He's uh, a <laughs> Keon Colvin. Like yeah. He, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. He, he, uh, he, he had a couple, like he was, he was just talking crap. I think he was saying like he could beat Tiger Woods in golf or something like that. Like just Oof. like, yeah, his confidence. I don't think is, is, is as strong. So I don't want to, I don't want to misattribute the quote, but I'll find the video and send it to you. It was pretty funny. I think he was kidding, but it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, when I watched this like Florida state team, like you said, they just have speed, 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 but also just watching Travis and you're talking about working out and, like the interview stuff's gonna be huge for him because just how he plays, right? How does that translate from mm-hmm. offense? That's every quarterback. That's pretty much every player except for like D tackles. Uh, but it's him running, like and actually getting like a time. You know what I mean? Like right. how many co- how many people would go? Oh, he runs a four five two. Okay, sweet. Let's give this guy a chance. Now mm-hmm. he doesn't run. That's just not something in his favor when there's such a glut with him. That's type of quarterback too. the kind of smarter, right. but also run around some accuracy stuff. So and there's know, something I'll, to be said about like at the combine, watching these guys throw one after the other, you know, right. just they're watching their footwork with the receiver. They never worked with. And then they, how accurate right. is he? With right. that, you know, timing you, that up. You see one guy make a great throw and the next guy doesn't or you know, vice versa, whatever. Like it's it's seeing these guys one after the other yeah. is just it for comparison purposes is, is really helpful. And unfortunately it's just a big missed opportunity for it him. Is. And through no fault of his own, obviously. It's just you know, it's a tough break. And so this quarterback class, but you kinda of mentioned it where there's the guys at the top, but then there's a lot in that third, fourth, fifth round range, a lot of uh, you know, it's a volume of receivers in that mix that are kind of all jockeying for position. And for a guy like uh, Jordan Travis, he might get pushed to the bottom of that, that tier uh, or even a tier behind that because of the injury. So there's tiebreakers now. <laughs> it's it, the, right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, that you hate it for him. Uh, and he, uh, I think this is a guy we've talked about before this season. This will be the last one, but from Florida actually it was uh, Cam Jackson, the defensive tackle transfer from Memphis. Right who I watched against Tulane because I was scouting some guys from Tulane last year. And I was like, Hey, who's this big behemoth in the middle? Mm-hmm. And he had a couple of nice plays ends up transferring to Florida. Um, any, any thoughts on Jackson? Uh, do you like him as an NFL prospect right now? Yeah, no, I do. I think he's, yeah. uh, and this is not a great defensive tackle class. And that's something that it plays in the favor uh, uh, for him. Cause he is a, he is a big dude. And, <laughs> you know, I think when you, uh, he's listed at, Six six three thirty five, I think. So you know he is a big guy. That defensive line, really as a whole, uh, I got to learn how to say his last name. I still don't know how, but his first name is Princely for for uh, for Florida. Princely, the gigantic U. guy. Uh, no, I mean he's he's more um, you know six uh, three and a half, okay. two fifty. Um, okay, okay, you know more edge rusher type. Oh, but I see why you have to say his last name. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but <laughs> right, you know, it's like watching him on tape. It's like, oh, there's number one again. You know, I don't, I don't need to say his name, so yeah. I still, I still need to learn it. But in terms of pressures, he is near the top of uh, the list in the SEC. Uh, you know, he is a guy that's consistently disruptive. You know, if Florida's gonna have a shot in this game, it putting heat on the backup quarterback and uh, not giving them a chance to really get going. I mean, he has the ability to do that. So this could be a type of game for him that maybe forces people to learn his name yeah you know, and make yeah. him more yes. well known as a yes. prospect because he is a guy that could be i think he'll be drafted somewhere in the top four rounds um i don't know if he's going to be a consistent 
day-in, day-out starter for an NFL team, but he'll be part of a rotation and he'll bring a little bit of juice to sub packages and, you know, just what they're, what a defense is trying to do. So yeah, he, he's a quality player. That's good. Yeah, no, I'll definitely keep an eye on him. Uh, I know Florida had some guys last year. I was just really watching some of their Twitch and stuff. All right, keeping with another SEC team role, ACC, SEC battle, actually. This is Clemson, South Carolina. Uh, which does not have a name, apparently. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. Like, not like an official name. There's not like World's Greatest Outdoor Cocktail Party or anything like that, the game, anything like that. So uh, I know they said something on the wiki Palmetto page. Paul Metal Bowl, right? Paul Metal Bowl, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which it's like, I get it, but it didn't, it didn't feel like they had their heart behind it. Uh, but yes, Clemson and South Carolina. Uh, who are you watching in this game? I know Spencer Rattler just got invited to the Senior Bowl and accepted yep. it, I believe, which I think is huge for him. But anybody Very else big. in this, uh, yeah, in this game that you're keeping an eye on? Yeah, and I mean it, that week in Mobile will be maybe even more important with the interviews and the way he huge. interacts with teams. I mean that, <laughs> yes. that's going to be big uh, for for him for Spencer Rattler. Um, Xavier Leggett, uh, the South Carolina. Yep. Receiver, um, you know, I see him being talked about as a first rounder. I don't know if I necessarily see I, that. I can't do that now. <laughs> no. Um, now, I, I like the player. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a good sized player. He's got outstanding straight line speed. First round's rich, but still, I think on day two, he's a guy that makes sense. Um, yep. Yeah, there, there's there's a lot to like about him. And, you know, with uh, and it, something to note, um, South Carolina's other uh, wide receiver, uh, Antoine Wells, uh, who had a touchdown against Georgia and then was lost for the year. I believe it was a foot injury, uh, but he's coming back to South Carolina. He's a guy that would have been drafted somewhere in the top four rounds uh, if he was healthy, but got hurt going back to South Carolina, so won't be in this draft class. Now for Clemson, this season has not gone according to plan, but they still have so many NFL guys on this team. And, you know, it's probably the last game um, for Will Shipley, Clemson running back. Mm -hmm. You know, I think he's the type of player that is for a very, uh, for a specific role, could be a really productive NFL player. You know, so I'm keeping my eye on Will Shipley. Hopefully he's playing. I know he's been banged up, but, you know, I think he'll want to go out, you know, playing in this one. And then on defense, Nate Wiggins, uh, the Mm -hmm. corner who was my top corner in my top 50 uh, a couple weeks ago. His chase down, did you see that play where he yes, chased I down did. and forced the fumble? I mean, that was because he did the same thing in the Miami game uh, where he knocked it out the one yard line. And, you know, it just that, that speed and effort. Um, he was a great that, top by you because he's a good player, man. He's just, I think he, he's so he's, sudden. He's the real so deal. he really, I mean, I, I do worry about the play strength. I do worry so about, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the he's just not a very bulky guy. The, the play strength is something that you worry about, but. In terms of the movement skills, the athleticism, the, yeah. the mentality, uh, ended up picking off Drake May to kind of clinch that game for Clemson last week. Uh, there's just there's so much to like about him. So I think he's you know entered the day last week as cornerback one, left the day as cornerback one. Um, you know it's won't be a consensus cornerback one in this draft, but he will be the guy for several teams, and I don't. It's not really a mystery uh, why um, the two linebackers for Clemson are really interesting with Barrett Carter. And then Jeremiah Trotter, um, Carter is, you know, I, he's smaller and really athletic, and he's just not going to be for everybody. And I, mm-hmm. you know, the more you watch him, the more you're like, is the team really going to draft this guy in the top forty picks, top fifty picks? Because he does not, he's he sawed off. He doesn't have a ton of size. Um, you know, you the North Carolina running back just ran over him on a one of the. It was the long play that Nate Wiggins. Uh, yeah. knocked, yeah. chased it down, knocked chased it out. Down, yeah. uh, uh, Barrett Carter attacked him in the hole, and uh, Hampton just ran right over him. Um, now Trotter is more of your 
physical NFL build, you know, obviously his dad, NFL bloodlines. He looks the part, but in any type of space, it, it gets a little bit iffy with him. And so, uh, you know, neither of these guys are maybe what, you know, you see him pop up in first round mocks and it's like, eh, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, but you can see there's still quality players. And then even on the defensive line with Tyler Davis and, uh, uh, Ruka Rororo, uh, <laughs> he's a fun one to say. Um, that's, uh, the, Clemson's got, d- uh, dudes all over this defense. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's a shame that they couldn't get more consistency from the quarterback and everything else going on with that team. But because they, they do have a lot of NFL guys as, as the record doesn't indicate it, but uh, the, the talent on that team is, is pretty impressive. You could see it in that North Carolina game, just the speed oh, difference. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those, it, North, Drake North May was, receivers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was, everything was sped up for him because yeah. that North Carolina couldn't block him and nope. his guys weren't getting open. And it's just like, okay, what? it was a, it was a good test for him. Cause that it Clemson was. defense was probably the best he'll see all year. Yeah. Swarming. I know. I, I really liked, uh, uh, Kate club uh, from just cause I stumbled across his high school stuff. <laughs> I, I worked at camp and the, yeah, the, he was one of his coaches was at the camp too. And so I like, ended up watching it early. Uh, but I liked him, but it's like, again, it's like one of those where it's like, you see differences in size when you're looking at yeah. different type of quarterbacks on either size. Um, oh, yeah. Leggett, Leggett to me is a guy I struggle with because late bloomer, as far as production wise mm-hmm. as well at the receiver position. And He's I just a fifth feel year like senior, yeah. fifth year senior. It's like alarm bells are going off. Uh, and it's one of those where these it's the receiver position just feels always just like there's so many talented guys. I know last year was like a different kind of class, but they're still talented players. Um, they're just smaller. And it's like, why would I go for a project or a late bloomer when I have guys that are producing and have the same traits? So that's where it's just like, he loses a lot. There's alarm bells going for me as opposed to other guys that I like Troy Franklin, he was mm-hmm. ascending. He's younger. He's talented. He's producing. It's like, well, I don't know how he could break any ties for me. So that's just just had a comment on that because I did I studied him recently last few weeks and it's just kind of one of those where it's like ah eh, eh all right I, I see why people like him but I I just couldn't get over the top with him yeah and Leggett has been you know in high school he was quarterback and yes. he was That's asked classic. to play receiver and then he was asked to was play safety and then yes. you know but he was a guy he was also you know big baseball and basketball player coming out uh, but it's it just yeah a little bit of a late bloomer it took time um, you know he was. More special teams return guy. Yep. Um, you know, he, he has his production this year trumps first four years combined. So you Might know, have done I that think two weeks. <laughs> yeah, right. And so he's he's peaking at the right moment, yeah. but you do have to ask yourself, okay, you know, is this the best he's going to be? Is this you know yeah. kind of what he is? Um, you know, I, I, I there are positive character reviews from him from from scouts saying you know good practice player. Um, you know, he'll play through you know, nagging injuries, things like that. Um, so, I mean, there's there's reasons to be optimistic for him at the next level. I just, you know, to what you were saying, in the first round or, you know, that type of asking price is just a little bit uh, expensive yes. for where, you know, most teams are going to be shopping. That, and that's what I should, yeah, summarize this with. I, st- I see him as like a day two guy. It was just that, oh, mm-hmm. and the, I see him pick him in the 20s. I was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> let's right. hold on a little bit. Uh, but yeah, yeah. no, it, there's talent it, there. It's just, yeah, it's just, this, this receiver class is going to be so crowded with those guys, yes, you know, yes. so it's, uh, there, there's going to be different flavors. And, you know, I mean, should Quentin Johnson have been the second receiver drafted last year? 
No, and no. you know we 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 would have said that before the draft. You yeah. know, it's not ahead of some of those other guys. Um, you know, and I think so far that's that's played that's out. But case. so you know, we'll see so what other. Going to use a a runaround f. <laughs> Big F uh, slot Z, or as opposed to using him like an X, <laughs> that's because right. yeah. he looks like an X, but he does not play like an X. <laughs> no, I know. I'm curious to, you know, their process. If it is, they're asking him to grow a little bit. Yeah, is, is it more of an evaluation miss or a development miss to this point? You know, like did they draft him understanding what he was and saying we're going to ask him to be a little bit more and think he can grow into that role, yeah. or did they just misevaluate him? You know, like that, these are the type it's of questions little. that are central to because that's you know I, I get questions all the time about oh you thought this guy to be good and he hasn't been and, and and some of those are just hey I missed you know it's flat out I missed that's going to happen you know. I, I do not have a thousand batting average, but in some of these cases, it's just a more, little more complex, you know, yeah. in terms of the development and the coaching and what they've asked to do and not being a position to succeed. And so, you know, some of that with uh, you know, the Chargers and Quentin Johnston, it's not all just on the player. Uh, right. that, that that drop that he had late in the game, that's on the player. But, uh, yeah. you know, the overall body of work of what he's been asked to do is obviously different than I think what a lot of us thought his strengths were and, you know, what the vision for him was, especially as a rookie. Yeah, the Mike Williams injury was devastating to his yeah. development. Yeah, that, no that, doubt. that is a that's the trickle down effect of it, and that's I know it's just that's what's tough because now he's getting asked to do stuff, and it's like okay, we're not putting in position to succeed. Yeah, it's it's right. there's layers to it. The Chargers, Chargers as always, have a lot to talk about <laughs> with a lot of the things they do. Um, going into the last rivalry game, and I'm not even sure if this one does battle of the. Is it the Battle of the Tar Heel State? Is this what they call this one? There's a Battle of Tobacco sure. Road. That would be North Carolina Duke. But right, North right. Carolina, North Carolina State. Uh, obviously, North Carolina features Drake May. But what else in this game is interesting to you uh, on top of May uh, between North Carolina and North Carolina State? Honestly, this is all about May for me. Just to okay. see how he rebounds. I mean, because last week he was under 50% completions. Um, it was the hardest he's had to work uh, because of that defense. Yes. Beca- and, and, and anybody that looks at the box score is going to say, oh, Drake May just obviously played terribly. He also had some, a few really good throws in that game. That first touchdown was awesome. Incredible. Um, yeah. The, the, well, the, the, that was, the, I guess, the second touchdown they had. The first touchdown was the, set up by that, that deep ball um, mm-hmm. on the outside. But, I mean, the receivers were not working to get open. They, they could not give – like, watching the All-22 is just like, okay, what is he supposed to do? He's, right. there, there's nobody to throw to. There's no window. You know, and so I think it, it was good to see that type of game. But now how does he respond? How does he come up against an NC State team that is very beatable, uh, not, not a great unit? Um, they've got some guys on defense. Peyton Wilson, uh, the linebacker, uh, yeah. is, is a really quality player. Just, you know, injury history with him is going to complicate his draft status. But uh, for the most part, yeah, this is about Drake May and uh, getting enough help around him to kind of go out in a big way before he's got a big NFL decision to make. Yeah, and North Carolina, uh, NC State's won the last two matchups. So that is... Uh, a, there you go. Hey, okay, got to answer these rivalry bells. Like, that's... There's, that was... Uh, when I went to Pitt, I knew the backyard brawl was big, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize, like, how big those people... How everyone treats it. And yeah. how much stuff with the pit stuff is against West Virginia and stuff, even more than Penn State at that time when I got there, which uh, uh, made a little bit of sense. But it's it's cool once you get with these teams oh, and yeah. how much how much these fan bases just cherish. 
this hatred sometimes. Oh, yeah. It's, and it, it's it sticks cool. with you for 365 days until oh, you get yeah. to do it again. You know, like if, yep. if you're on hey. the losing end, that you have just a hole in your stomach for 365 days. Like that's how these fans attack it. And that's what makes college football great. Uh, is that, that fandom, that passion, it's, it's, yes. it's awesome. Even just like player wise, like we were undefeated in the Axe game which was mm. great. And we won the bowl against Iowa, uh, the Heartland trophy, I believe they call it, uh, my, our last year there, but, or my junior year, we didn't play my senior year, but they, I, we, I think we won to ax like 10 years in a row, maybe 11. And the class that lost it. The, the Minnesota, right? Yeah. Minnesota. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, old FBS rivalry. Uh, the, the class that lost it, we gave them a hard time because <laughs> it was oh, sure. we had that thing for a decade. And it was a pretty even matchup, you know, even rivalry over the years. Well, think about Ohio State. Marvin Harrison Jr., if, if they lose to Michigan, he would have had his whole entire – Ohio State dominated this matchup for 20 years. Yeah. If Marvin Harrison Jr., if they, if they don't win, he's going to be a, a group of, of guys that are going to leave Columbus without having a win over Michigan. Like, that, 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 that sticks with you. I mean, Denzel Burke, he's – not an Ohio guy, but he quickly became a you know big part of this rivalry, and he, he's talked about it a lot. And if he leaves Ohio State without having a win in this rivalry, that's something that you have to live with, you know, the Absolutely. rest of your your career in life. And that's that that's a tough pill to swallow for a lot of these guys. So these guys are competitive, man. They don't oh like they don't gosh. like it. <laughs> they don't like and crap talk to them. They hate it. CJ so, yeah. Stroud almost went back to college just because be, just because they because lost of, it. Right. Exactly. That was I mean, a real that, thing, right? Yeah, that, oh, was like, that was a hundred percent a real thing. I've heard hey, so much about that. That that was yeah. a very real thing. Yeah. The way they lost. I mean, it wasn't just Michigan. It was the way right, they, right. they almost beat the Georgia. Yeah, you could yeah. argue they should have beat them. Um, you know, in the way that. All the guys were coming back this year, especially Marvin Harrison Jr. And yeah, CJ Stroud wanted to for sure. It's just, I I think, you know, at the end of the day, People talked him into like, "Hey, you, you got to take advantage. Strike while they're hot, man. You're about to be a top five pick. Yeah, you got to do it. And yeah. obviously, uh, I'd say it's played out okay. For it's him. worked out all right. Uh, yeah, yeah. A historic rookie season. Yeah, it's worked. I don't out know. All he right. threw three picks this weekend. I don't think he's any good. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. talk about beautiful touch. The touchdown he threw to Tank Dell was a lot like the one Drake May threw. So it was like, I mean, they just that yeah, roll, yeah, roll yeah. right and just back corner of the end zone. Speaking of another rookie who's balling out, Tank Dell, man, Tank Dell. He's been great. That's yeah. awesome. He's everything it's fun advertised. to see the chemistry they developed really yeah. early on. Yeah, yeah, that's been fun. Uh, I don't know when you when your quarterback throws a perfect spiral on the on the money every single time. It's like, hey, I like this. This is great. I'm gonna run my routes really hard. <laughs> I, I didn't have this at Houston. This yeah. is weird. Huh. Every throw yeah. is perfect. This is great. Uh, yeah. No, this was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, rivalry week is a lot of fun in, in general. So. As this kind of season is wrapping up, regular season wrapping Crazy. up, we're getting now into postseason time for college football. Uh, we're just going to keep churning prospects to pros because it's going to keep going. Draft season is almost here, which is, Dane, are you ready? You're loose? You uh, ready to go? I, it's going to be an, an <laughs> like anxiety-ridden next five months, but uh, that's all right. We got it. Yeah, we're in a good shape. a little bit. Yeah, we'll, I'll, I'll keep, we'll keep, yeah, we'll stretch yeah. it out of the show. We'll be Plenty good, of so. things to talk about, that's for sure. Uh, thank you, everyone listening. Thank you for joining us on Prospects for Pros. We'll be here every single week doing exactly what we just did for the last hour and 10 minutes. Thank you all for joining us. See you guys next time. This was the Athletic Football Show's Prospects to Pros podcast.